let's give a warm welcome to Mrs. Obe Adabasan. Uh, Obe is Nigerian by birth, and she is the fourth of eight children of Mr. and Mrs. Jerry Adabansi. She immigrated to the United States at the age of 16 and settled in the Virginia area. She worked several jobs to put herself through college. She was a computer software engineer for 20 years and eventually made her way to Atlanta, Georgia, where she became a senior business analyst. After three years, she purchased the UPS store in Morrow, Georgia, and obtained her MBA while running her own business. She is married, she has a daughter, and she has many interests, including international travel, cooking, and fitness training. Welcome, Obi. So nice to see you. Thank you for being with us. Today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Good. Your, your story is certainly a fascinating one. So I'm really Thank looking you. forward to having this conversation with you um, today. You. So welcome once again. So just so we can get a sense of um, who you are, tell us what a typical day is like for you, a typical weekday, for example. What is that like for you? Um, well, a typical weekday for me would start with uh, early rising. Um, I'm an early riser, so I have to get up. I have a child that I need to get ready for her routine. Her day starts with me at 6 o'clock, so the house is up and alive by at least 5.30. So I, I get myself ready. I get her ready. Um, my husband and I, it's almost... Um, it's an interchangeable type of symbiotic relationship that we have. So he's doing something, I'm doing another thing. So he might be taking care of breakfast. I'll be getting the little one ready. Um, once all that's done, drop her off at school, go to the gym, typically by 7.30. And I'm there till about 8.30, 9 o'clock. Uh, head back home, get myself ready for work head to the store um, and I'm there till, depends on what I have to do for the day. I might be there till close, six, seven o'clock. Come home, prep dinner for the family, spend some time with my little girl um, and then put her to bed. And I take some time to meditate, reflect and, you know, turn it in. And so that typically is what I do, right, again. do it all over again, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. And I've spoken to a number of people and they all, they all um, explain to me the importance of getting the morning right. right. So I think that it is so important in terms of being successful to ensure that you start the day off correctly. Absolutely. Um, so it's imperative that my day gets started because that's really the start. Right. And i believe in waking up on the wrong side of the bed <laughs> because that can really mess you up so if you start your day off right wake up on the right side of the bed then right you know that's a good kickoff absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah so so what would you say would be some of your earliest memories of adversity anything stands out for you um i would say the business um they're owning a business especially as a young african-american female that's it's always very challenging in this day and age 
So I remember when I first started my business um, 12 years ago, uh, um, it was fine. The first year was fine and finances were flowing. And one thing they don't do when you are getting into this line of work, you have, it's not like coming from corporate world where you're getting a paycheck on a regular, you know, every two weeks, you know, you're guaranteed to get a paycheck. So after coming from that and realizing, wow, you're not just going to get a, you're not going to be getting a paycheck like you were before, but now you will be paying out, right. you know, now you're paying the boss. out more than, now you're the boss. You have to pay people, you know, it's not, you just getting paid and then whatever you make from your paycheck, you take care of yourself. Now you have to take care of your personal, so you have to take care of the business end of it. So that's, that was very, very challenging. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first couple of years, I said the third, the, the second and third year in business when I had to struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, that was at the same time that we were going through that 2008 economic burst downward. Um, so the business was kind of slow, but right. guess what? Whether income was coming in or not, you still had those fixed um, overhead overhead that you had to take care of rent's got to be paid nobody cares whether you had income or not you still got to pay your rent you still got to pay your vendors you still have to make all those payments so that was very very challenging for me and i didn't understand that um you know those things had to be taken care of so a lot of times i found myself having to take from peter to pay paul and vice versa and that's what I had to do if I had to make phone calls and say, hey, you know what, I can't meet up this month, you know, work with me. I will definitely take care of you um, next month. Um, and luckily, with everything that was going on, they understood, the vendors understood, the landlord understood. So those were pitfalls that I had to overcome. Right. And, and that is why I say you have such an interesting story, because you went from computer software engineering to business analyst, to UPS store owner, what was the, right. the drive? What led you down that particular path? Um, after being in corporate America for so long, um, I just got tired. Mm-hmm. You know, I got tired of my lifestyle was literally Monday to Thursday, traveling um, as a consultant to client sites. Um, didn't have much of a life or anything really. And that can be wearing and tearing on anybody's soul in physical form. So I just got tired of having to deal with that, do that every week. Um, So I just said, you know what, let me try something different. And something different will be really the next best thing was to go into business by myself. I always wanted to do that. Um, So when I looked at businesses to get into, I thought about, well, I looked up the first top five selling franchises i didn't want to do food because there's a lot of regulations and guidelines to follow with in the food industry mm-hmm. and the next one the top one of the top ones was uh, shipping which was the ups store so i looked it up i did my research the numbers looked good different from what i was making as uh, yeah, in the corporate world but i understood um, and I just pursued it. And I wanted something because my life was going through a transitional phase at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted 
time to myself. I wanted to, you know, I had worked so hard for so long. You know, it's either school or work. School, work, school, work, school, work. So I wanted something different for myself. I wanted to spend some time with myself. I wanted to spend some time with my family. And the only thing that I knew that would allow me that other than, you know, was to work for myself. Mm-hmm. In the corporate world, you only have vacation time, which is what, 10 days? Yeah. Two and weeks. I wanted more than that. Right. I wanted more than that. You know, I wanted to be able to come and go. Um, so all of this is by design for me. Right. So pretty much the driving force was you wanted to be your own boss. Right. Right. You wanted that your destiny to be it. in your own hands. Exactly. Yeah. So I want exactly. to come back to the UPS store. But before we, we do that, I want to talk about you coming to America at the age of 16. Was there like a culture shock for you? I know most Nigerians speak English even back in Nigeria. But was there like a language barrier? Was that the case that you already spoke English? And what was the culture, the cultural differences like for you? Well, Nigeria is an English-speaking country. Um, So that was really not a difficult thing. Um, I graduated high school at 16. That's the norm in Nigeria, at least back then. It's, you know, between 15 and 17. So on the average, it'll be, I graduated at average age. And I, even as a kid, my family and I, my father, my parents always made sure that we traveled out of the country. If it's here, if it's in Europe, UK, somewhere. So we were always traveling. So coming out here and transitioning to the U.S. was really not um, a big thing or nor did I experience much culture shock. Okay, good, good. So you already had the experience of dealing with other cultures anyway. So it kind of made it easy for you to transition into living here full time. Right. So that's, that's, that's really wonderful. Now let's go back to the UPS store and the challenges that you faced there. So what toll would you say those particular challenges took on you? You know, the times when you had to rob Peter to pay Paul, like how did that affect you? It affected me because then I had to learn negotiating skills. I had to, um, I had to hustle. I had to up my game and step out and not be so shy. I had to expand myself. I had to expand my territory. If I had to go to hotels um, and talk to the managers, hey, you know, this is who we are. We're here. We're in your neighborhood. We're here to service you, to serve you. So I had to step out of my shell and come out from behind the counter and go talk to people. You have to do that. You just can't be stagnant and be comfortable um, in one place. You have to, when, when you're hit or the economy is hit, you have to find other resources to grow with and work with. Um, and the thing about America in the U.S., we always have those resources available for us you just have to know where to go and who to talk to the right people never take no because if you take no then you pretty much shut down your world you have to talk to one person you're not answering my question i'm sorry you're doing great but i need to talk to the next person you know up it and don't be afraid to seek assistance Mm -hmm. you know don't be afraid to talk to people and listen and get guidance from people yeah so i think what i'm hearing you saying a lot of it is about building relationships right yeah right. and it's, it's it's amazing because you're the second person i'm speaking to that i've known through la fitness through the gym 
And, you know, a lot of times people think that networking is this whole big, big, big formal thing where right. you have to dress up in a suit and, you know, go to these formal events. But a lot of it is simply making sure that you put yourself in a position where other like-minded people are going right. to be. And it right. seems like, you know, that's another benefit of the gym, if you ask me. <laughs> that <laughs> right. you get, true, true, you true. get to surround yourself with people who are driven, people right. who are definitely disciplined because they're always at the gym. At the gym, right, of And course. people who can potentially give either be a lead for your business mm -hmm. or provide you with a leader for somebody exactly. else. Right. You never know who you may run into. Yeah. And every day in my line of work, I'm always running to people that always want to share information with me. For example, just a couple of days ago, um, even when we were going through this whole coronavirus um, mess, a person might come to get a document notarized or something, and then you strike a, a conversation with them. Mm -hmm. And from that, they start telling you their experiences and then you talk some more. It's almost like uh, sitting in a, a barber's chair or your hairstylist chair and then you're talking. Um, you get to know people that way. Mm -hmm. When you get to know people, you get resources. People that you just never know that you might run into, you know, or what you might get out of them mm -hmm. just by talking. And at the gym at the same time, I've talked to a lot of people that's, you know, given me information that I never even thought to. It's like, wow, me too, okay. Me too. Absolutely. It's amazing. And I, you know, I tap into that. I do more research and um, I expand the knowledge. I go back to them and say, hey, you know, I looked into what we talked about. What if we did this a certain way? A lot of stuff, you know, a lot of things come out of just getting to know people and, you know, expanding your network. Yeah. And, and I think what we're saying here is, you know, it doesn't have to be the gym, right? We're just saying it could be, be anywhere. open to a conversation. You yes. could be at church, you know, when church eventually Absolutely. reopens, your Absolutely. children's school, you know, Absolutely. just be open to the flow mm -hmm. of information. And a lot of things come up from just saying hello. Yes, you know, absolutely. you start saying hello to someone, and then before you know it, the next time you see them, you say a little bit more. You know, because I think a lot of times people tend to stick to themselves and they're kind of uh -huh. shy, especially right. if they know they're sick in particular information. They don't want to be too blunt about it. But you know, just just pretty much staying open. Open. I yes. think kind of is a good start with uh, you know what possibilities might come your way. Right, and don't be afraid. Don't be shy. Because yeah. um, one thing about us is we are, we are a culture full of knowledge. We just need mm -hmm. to know the right people to talk to, you know, in the right atmosphere. And timing is also key because you might, you know, meet up with a person and they're not quite ready to receive what you have to say to them, you know. So you have to time your conversations with people. I believe that um, mm -hmm. so that if, if they're open to talking to you, you're equally accepting what they're saying and mm -hmm. vice versa. They're accepting what you're saying. You're, you know, there's that shared knowledge that you gain from people. If you, you know, if you approach a person and they're in a bad mood or they, you know, <laughs> got too much going on or they're just kind of focused, be it at the gym, they're just focused on what they're doing. They might be very standoffish and say, hey, you know what? Not now. Mm -hmm. So timing is also key. So true, so true. Now you mentioned Corona. 
Now, I think you're just one of uh, the very few people who actually been very busy for Corona. I know that as a fact because it's been very difficult trying to get this interview with you because your hours are so long and so hectic. So yes. what has that been for, for your business? First of all, what is anybody shipping at this point? Well, <laughs> due to this coronavirus uh, um, pandemic, um, we haven't seen this much growth in the industry, in the shipping industry, because all people are doing is sitting at home and shopping. You can't Amazon. go anywhere. You can't go anywhere. So you have companies like Amazon that's making a killing because killing. all we're doing is just online shopping. Walmart, Target, just online shopping. And Amazon's made it very easy for people to go in shop and do returns. So you have people that's, you know, they might order a pair of pants, five of the, five of the same type of pants in different colors, different sizes, and only end up keeping one. So Amazon makes it easy for you to just return it. So here we are with a serious influx of shipping items that they've bought, and now they got to send it to people because they can't, you know, you can't meet up with your family members shipping, um, cleaning supplies because they're on mm -hmm. lockdown, shipping mm -hmm. food items because they can't go grocery shopping and, and then returning those items. So we have an uh, influx of packages going out. Now imagine those, um, I'm sorry, those UPS trucks that we see. I can't imagine. From just my store alone, the truck every day is literally packed tight, full. Uh -huh. So um, April and May have been very, very, I mean, it's like I have a line wrapped around the building with people just trying to come into the store and we only can allow but so many people in the store at a time. Mm -hmm. So it's, yes, it's really, really impacted us a great deal more than um, I can't describe it. It's, it's amazing. So, well, and I know that you're, you're a woman of faith, so I'm sure you're seeing this as a real blessing. It is a real blessing, well, I a, tell you that. In an unfortunate way, you don't want to really call <laughs> it a blessing because it's, well, it, it's yes. an unfortunate blessing. We could say. Uh, yes, yes, yes it is, yeah. yes it is. It's, it's a blessing financially for me because I thought that I would be stumped, you know, mm -hmm. with people not coming in, people being afraid. But on the contrary, the shipping industry has been just crazy and even the drivers the ups drivers are working up until nine ten o'clock at night now normally they'll stop at seven mm -hmm. but they've just been working crazy long long extended hours and the weekends and we've actually had to expand our weekend hours because we didn't used to be open on sundays mm -hmm. so we've had to expand our weekend hours into sundays to accommodate more people that can't come in during the weekdays or the weekend or, or Saturday and, you know, too afraid for the, you know, afraid of the crowd being around people. So we have the Sunday hours where they can come in and conduct business. Right. That's amazing. So I'm really happy for you about that. Now, as we're having this conversation, so at this point, would you say that you found success? Or do you feel like you're still on the journey to success? Is the UPS still going to be it for you? Or in the next two months, am I going to be speaking to you and you've moved on to another venture? Well, for right now, it is it. I have had this business for 12 years. I am very, very happy with it. I have thought about expanding and getting some more, but more problems, more money. I know the things that I have had to experience in the past with just owning this one business. 
and the challenges I've had to endure, do I want to multiply that? Uh, that's the question I have to ask myself every time. Um, it's a great business. I know it in and out. I could literally run it with my eyes closed. So why not do it again? Why not duplicate it? Mm -hmm. that's, um, that's a very easy venture for me. Mm -hmm. But right now, because I, I have other goals in mind, I'm just going to stick with this one. Maybe towards the end of the year, going into next year, I might expand and um, get another one. Um, but things shift all the time for us, especially in this industry. You know, there is always a shift. We didn't know that we were going to be here three months ago, you know. Um, and when there was an economic shutdown, we basically thought that we were lost until they told us, hey, you have to be out there. You're considered an essential worker. You have to be out there with your crew. I said, okay, well, I don't like it. I, don't, I you know, I want to be home for the safety of me and my family, like everybody else. But with protection, I think we've we've endured to it. So, as far as success, yes, I think it's a very successful business for me. I have achieved a lot. I am very happy and very blessed. Um, so we'll see what shifts for me in 12 months. I'll give myself 12 months. Well I, well, I certainly think the word that comes to mind when I think about you is intrepid. You seem pretty fearless to jump from one industry to another industry to a completely <laughs> different venture. I know. And I think for a lot of people, fear holds them back. So right. what would you say for somebody who's trying to change careers completely from going from one particular career to just a completely different change what would you say to to someone who's thinking along those lines do your research and don't be afraid um find something that you have some passion in i don't have passion in you know lifting brown boxes and you know swinging uh, uh tape all day that but it's it's fulfilling i like being around people i like talking to people i like helping people um there is some kind of creativity and art, artistry to this mm -hmm. and i like the idea of um being an entrepreneur because it gives me the room and the ability you know to do me and have time for me and my family as opposed to what i had before mm -hmm. so do your research Find your fun, you know, find something that makes you, when you think about going to this job or this place, you're not stressed, you know, oh my, you know, talking like, wow, you know, and you're sad about it. You're not looking forward to your day. You just want to lay down. Um, some things can be very hard to transition into. So that's where the research part comes in before you take that big leap that's going to change you completely and, you know, shift your atmosphere. Do your research. If it's feasibly, um, if it's feasible to do, then do it. But I don't always suggest for, you know, you hear, take a leap of faith. It's easier said than done. Um, but that's not always the case for everybody. It depends on your mental state of being. Um, but research, research, find out what it is that you want to do, what you think you'll be happy with, 
is this a good fit for you? And if it is, then you can make that leap moving right, and, forward. And, and, I, and I think a lot of people don't realize that failure is not the end. And I think that a lot of times people want to jump in and be successful right off the bat. And they right. don't realize that a lot of it is what you did, went on knocking on, on doors right. and just build those relationships and then eventually got to the point where you're a staple in the community right now. But right. I think for a lot of people, if, they, if they're not sure they're going to have that success right off the bat, it's They're not, not going to be interested in pursuing it. Right, right. Because I remember when before I got into the UPS um, store franchise, um, one, of the, uh, one of the guys told me, this is not going to make you a millionaire. I said, uh, oh, I looked around. I said, of course it is. You know, <laughs> I, I can do anything. That was wrong. Um, I never experienced failure career-wise as I thought that I would. And, and at some point I did, but I was not afraid to dig myself out um, of that, the, the trouble that I found myself in. I wasn't afraid to dig myself out and I accepted that failure. Yes, you know, it's always financial. That's the biggest part. It's always financial because I already thought that I'm going into this, it's going to be a big success, you know. But it was a whole different shift in even my financial um my income coming in from going to a regular paycheck to just hey you're gonna have to live off of a little bit lower income and it's almost like a sales position you know you get what you get and if you yeah. don't sell you can't eat right as opposed to getting a regular paycheck like you always did at the end of two weeks you know exactly what to expect it wasn't like that so expect that it's okay to fail and failure it, it once you fail if you fail that's not the end of the world you just Absolutely. have to know how to take that wield it yield it into something greater and bigger mm -hmm. now the problem comes about when you don't understand what to do with that failure you hit rock bottom and you think that's pretty much where it ends no it doesn't have to end there um everybody's gone through that everybody's gone through that especially as a business owner at some point in your life where um, it's not exactly how they, you know, you envisioned it, you mapped it out in your head, but just pulling yourself out, recognizing that at some point it's going to happen. When it happens, what are your mitigated actions to follow through and help you come out of it? Yeah, that's, that's really good information. And I'm t I have to tell you, I'm really enjoying this conversation with you. I'm learning so much <laughs> from what you're saying. Now, what unique challenges would you say that you as a mom and a business owner, and I know that you're super into being healthy, cooking healthy, being active. What, what challenges do you find with trying to just juggle all of this um, together as a business owner, a mom, a wife, and still pursuing other interests? Um, well, I am blessed with a very brilliant and beautiful daughter. And um, when I first started the business, I didn't have her. She is eight years old now. Um, and um, like I said, I sort of kind of mapped my life because I knew that she was coming at some point in my life. Um, I remember when I first started and then when I had her, I was, you know, I took her to work with me every day. 
um, because I was too scared to leave her in the care of others. So I took her into work with me every day um, from start to open, eight o'clock in the morning to 7 p.m. She was there with me for months um, up until she was nine months old. I mean, I'd carry her. My customers knew her, knew me. I mean, they knew her when she was inside of me and they knew me coming, you know, when she was out. So I would literally hold her at the cash register while I am working and she would be um, watching what I was doing. So even till today, she still comes to the store with me when the opportunity arises and she helps me tremendously. Um, so she's been a great help, a great asset. I enjoy having her see what I'm doing. Um, school is not for everybody. If she wants to go into business, you know, she has that guidance. You know, she's got the framework, the map to do that. Um, and I'm trying to help her with that. So that's a big plus for me, um, having her in my life and um, just, you know, working. Like I said, she was by, everything is by design. You know, it didn't, she didn't happen by accident. The business didn't happen by accident. It was all clockwork for me. Just and, and it's like timed she it just right. She provides a driving force. And it's so interesting because a right. lot of times people talk about leaving a legacy for their children and what they're going to leave for their children. And for me personally, because you know, I have a daughter who's the same age as your daughter. Right, and right. for me, the biggest thing we can teach them is how to be strong women and how to have a strong work ethic. So I think it's Absolutely. so important that she's seeing you working and seeing you juggling all of this together so that she knows that she can pretty much do it all the same way her mom did it. Absolutely. And uh, a few years ago, one of the things that I did for her just as a stepping stone into entrepreneurship was I, well, actually she came to me and said she wanted to open up a uh, lemonade stand and I looked at her why do you want to open up a lemonade stand and I said and I thought about it and I talked to my husband he was like well we could do it so we did that and I let her run one right in front of the store which was a big success her first day she made almost $300 for oh, a six-year-old wow. child right and then the next weekend she made $400 so but the key thing here was to have her manage her time wisely, understand the essence of a dollar, to be able to negotiate because you have to be able to, you have to have the confidence to walk up to people and talk to them and sell. You have to, um, you know, it taught her how to save money because I'm sure every time she says, Mommy, mommy can I have a dollar? And, you know, can I have $5 so I can go buy some candy or ice cream? And I said, and I say to her, do you remember when you ran your lemonade stand? Yes. Do you remember how many cups, how, many, how much did you sell a cup? A dollar. Do you know how many cups you had to sell for $5? She said, a lot. I said, well, just, that was a lot of work. She said, yes, that was a lot of work. I said, yeah, so you just can't, you know, feverishly just spend money. Right. You have to save. Mm -hmm. um, so learning that from me, watching me do that, watching me get up in the morning, the discipline that I have, get up in the morning, do what I need to do with myself, with her, with the business, she being present. Um, it's always been a part of her. Um, and then having her run her own business, having her go to the, you know, count her money out, having her go to the bank and fill out her deposit slip and deposit it into her account. 
you know, get it and keep an accountant of, of things like that. So I, I like that. I didn't have anybody to do that for me growing up. So that's a big lesson that I want her to learn on her own, get it on her own and not be so self-reliant on me, you know, to be able to, you know, know that if I want something, I can go get it. I can do this, yeah. and, you know, for myself. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm certainly yeah. taking mental notes and getting Sophia ready. <laughs> we'll probably have a lemonade stand uh, next weekend. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so before we wrap up, I just mm -hmm. want you to tell us, where do you think your strength comes from? I mean, I'm just listening to you and everything that you've accomplished and everything you still have planned for yourself and your family. Where would you say your strength and your fortitude comes from? Um from a number of sources, family, even some celebrities. Oprah is a big influence in my life. I remember one time she said, whatever you do, always make yourself indispensable. And I thought about it as like, what does she mean by that? I said, it made sense. Wherever you go, make yourself indispensable. If you're on a job, if you're in a relationship, make yourself useful where you're not so quick to be in a position where if you're gone, you're not missed. You understand? Absolutely. So, right. So, so she's a big influence on me. My mom, my mom's a very strong woman, hard worker. My sisters, all entrepreneurs. Um, so it's my, my little circle of women have always, you know, been a big influence on me. Absolutely. And that's where you draw your strength from. Yes. Now, I want to make sure we leave some time so you can tell us a little bit more about your business, um, where you're located, um, how we can get in touch with you, and anything else you want to include. Um, the business is the UPS store on Mount Zion. That's 2045 Mount Zion Road in a public shopping center in Morrow. Um, it's right across from Home Depot. It's a very, very beautiful neighborhood, beautiful community. It's well diverse, black, white, brown, name it. It's, we're all, we're everywhere. So we're blessed with that. Um, right now, I mean, we do just about everything. We're doing printing. We're, of course, doing shipping. You know, we got business services, notary, um, shredding. We're going into this tax season. So we're big on shredding right now. So Anybody that needs trading services, come to the store. We're here. Do you have a phone number? The phone number is 770-472-0102. And the website is um, theupsstore.com backslash 5389. That's five, the store three, number, 5389, eight, yes. And your email address? Store5389 at the well, it was certainly a pleasure having you on. It was worth the wait of trying to get you on. I know that you are super busy. So yes. thank you so much for taking uh, some time Absolutely. off to speak with us. Thank you I for certainly have me. learned a lot from speaking with you. And I'm sure that, you know, my listeners will certainly learn a lot from your story of persistence and your story of being completely intrepid. Thank you. Right, so it was a pleasure. So Thank you so much for being with me, and I'm sure I'll see you soon at the gym. I'm sure you will, too. All right, have <laughs> a wonderful care. evening. You, too. Bye-bye. Right,